And welcome back to Richmond Tiger Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. And what did we learn from preseason? Oh, I've, I've got quite a lengthy answer to that, but... Hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's the most obvious thing, particularly after you've just had a bad preseason game, to dismiss it as utterly meaningless. And uh, we have done many a podcast where we've uh, started by saying it's not that important, it's preseason, and then gone into lengthy analysis. Because um, <laughs> we've actually yeah. been pretty good in practice games uh, over the the last, uh, over the premiership area, reflecting that we win most games anyway. But um, Dimmon normally takes them fairly seriously. So. You know, it, the proviso that's a practice game is is and it's thirty degrees, especially the last one was it at Melbourne's home deck. It was windy, um, like that. There's there's lots of caveats, but I still think there's um, for the sake of podcasting ca- content, there's still. Um, I, I thought we learnt some stuff, and particularly from the mm-hmm. last game because the full stat sheets. Um, sort of, you, we got ninety five percent of the normal game stats, so that that made me. Um, it's just hard with the North game when you don't see game time and things like that to really assess how players. You, you, you get you get just more flashes, but yeah, especially the last game, um, I, I, I had a few takes. Hmm. Look, I had uh, I had I had takes from from both of them. Um, some of them some of them potentially contradictory, which is weird. Unfortunately, I don't think. You know, one one thing we've always talked about is that uh, the big thing you want out of preseason is a relatively clean bill of health. And yeah, the injury list is uncomfortably long, if not necessarily all that serious. Yeah, no, it's, it's not star-studded either, really. But it is. It, it's a lot of players that it was just one of them. You wouldn't be too fussed about. But mm. it, it is chipping away at the depth. And yeah, it's. It, there is some some cause for concern there, and maybe we can get into it in mm. into the when, when we analyse um, the two games. But look, why don't we start? Look, one thing I thought was um, like we had the last podcast where we talked a few. Uh, we had a sort of few impressions of of, mm. of various players, um, and. Look, one starting point I, I, I sort of, you know, we're both on the record about being a, a, a bit, a bit sceptical about the Cochran forward thing, but maybe we could transition into a more broader point. Was we had six, uh, the Melbourne kicked in the last game. Melbourne kicked six deep fifty transition goals against us, and that's been mm. what a lot of fans have been debating since, and it's highlighted that the um, uh, people are starting to talk about, they're worried about forward pressure, which is, you know, something we were very much worried about um, last podcast. There's one thing, I did watch those six transition goals, um, and I, I re-watched them all so multiple times to really get a feel of what happened. Um, and the sort of, there's no, the times when I conclusively noticed something was wrong was it was, people getting lost and confused in the midfield. Mm. Um, the sort of, there wasn't, I don't think Cochin did anything to disprove our scepticism, but he also wasn't the primary, it wasn't his lack of pressure that was, you know, they weren't burning him off and then getting free down the ground. I did look for evidence of that and I'd say it if I saw it, but I, I looked and also our forward pressure and that the, the person transitioning out of back 50 wasn't pressured enough in general. I, I don't, I, it's too simple to, 
scapegoat one player for it. I, in fact, I saw no evidence for that particular player being the scapegoat. What I did notice a few times and um, is that the is the midfielders look confused and it, in uh, a Dow and Taranto, I mean Taranto and Hopper at, at times didn't quite know, look where that they were sort of they look confused about where to run in their defensive setup. And this is sort of maybe one point that we should make is that you don't normally retool so much of your core midfield straight away mm. in a contending team. And I think that is one thing this sounds like a very weak cliche. It's not normally something we say, but there may be a bit of intangible lack of adjustment here that it's one thing to bring in new players. It's another thing to bring in two new players in such a central part of, of your game plan. And that may take some adjustment. Yes. I think, I think there's some other things going on as well. I think the, every time I saw Judson Clark lining up on a wing instead of Marlon Pickett, I thought, Ooh, and uh, I think, Janet Judson Clark is unambiguously a positive out of both games in terms of run and skill and disposal. But yeah, it's a big step down in physicality. Look, I had a very similar thought about Marlon and sort of and the trans- transition defence that that was the key thing that was missing. Um, that you know we only had one of. You know, our two wings do an awful lot of defending through the team. Um, mm. And yeah, I think, you know, and it's a worry. We're talking about someone who's over 30, who's who's got soft tissue injuries um, this year and last. But yeah, I, I, I felt like we were missing him. And he's, he's they, they called him probable on the club website, but I think mm. we would definitely be helped by him coming back. But I think, I, I hope... I was slightly worried by Hopper looking more like 2022 Hopper than 2021 Hopper, but I'm hoping that some of the things that we saw on the weekend were just a product of the D's being a very good football team. It was depressing to see a team play surge football much better than we did. You know, they were doing a lot of knock-ons. Um, yeah, yeah, that that was a bit annoying. Hopper had nine clearances. He did, but he didn't look. He didn't look. He, he was good around the contest, but he didn't look like he had a a burst around the ground. But Again, I, th- I think that maybe some of the intangibles um, that there will be more chemistry developed over time. I would like mm. to transition to a big fat positive, Nick. Um, well, uh, I, th- I think I think Hopper Hopper was was a positive, although yeah, the, I think that's a bit of both of what you get, like him being a complete bull at the contest and him his his spread from the contest is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, it's it's it it's a hard comparison because the mid- Melbourne midfield is probably the best in the AFL at breaking from the contest. My, my personal yeah. belief is that Oliver's the best player in the AFL right now. Yeah, like, he's really good. Um, yeah. like, like his ability to. There were a few times uh, when the, remember when Hopper, uh, sorry, um, uh, Oliver went on that really long run through the front mm, line and then yeah. missed the shot. I mean, that, that just looked terrible. He was shoulder to shoulder with Hopper and he just exploded away from him in, in that contest. Could any of, anyone have stopped that? Maybe not. He's just extremely good, but it, it you know it highlighted that issue that you're talking about. Um, can we talk about Toronto now? That, now that I, I feel like I've been negative for too long, so I want to transition to a positive. Well, I, th- I think uh, the... Um, hypothesis we had of Tim Taranto just needs to play midfield more because his strength is that he covers an awful lot of ground. That's looking pretty good. 
Yeah, so unambiguously, um, I'm high. Like it, it, it's hard, like when you, when you get done. But um, Hop, Hopper led all all players on the ground with 13 score involvements, um, which is an extraordinary 60 percent of uh, all, all all of our scores mm. during that game. I mean, that's that's un, almost unheard of. So, and you know, the the, the base the basic stats were really good too. Got plenty of it. Yeah, Hopper or started, Toronto? Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Toronto. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we, we did I say Hopper? Yeah. Oh, my apologies. I'm talking about Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Um, all, all school involvements. His disposal efficiency was very high. His meters gains were very high. On on the sort of by any measure, it was an elite game. It was an elite midfielder's mm. game. Yeah, I mean, part of that is um, Prestia only played a a quarter. Um, uh, Bolton was playing his first game for the preseason and was had. Visible chunks of rust coming off him. I thought. I thought early on. I thought he worked his way into the ground, into the game a bit. But yeah, I thought. I thought he was. He was a bit disjointed. Um, uh, early on, yeah, it was. It was disjointed. Uh, is a pretty good summary of the whole game. I thought. Um, I will say I, I watched this. Second half before the first half, and when I watched oh. the, just at the order of the game, it, mm. of I watched the first second half live, and um, I came away originally going, "Oh my god, Dusty! He hasn't played in so long. He'll be keen to like you know he doesn't show, mm. he doesn't play off Broadway, but um, you know you you think he want to establish something." I was really worried about him, and then I watched the first half, and I saw enough flashes to go, "Yeah, he he." He probably just put the kit bag away at halftime. Like, yeah, Dusty does that, but like I, I thought there was. I know he's a, he's he's had enough sublime. He's kicked three goals and had enough sublime moments um, over the over the two games. Um, I'm, I, 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 to use a nickism, there was proof of concept. Yeah, I'm. I'm let that. Uh, I have a list of things I'm worried about, and Dusty's not really on it. All right, what else stood stood out to you? Well, um, uh, Seb Campbell takes coming in, coming. (laughs) (laughs) That I can't believe your anti ruck bias means that we've gone 10 minutes of the show without talking how much less like a giraffe uh, Samson Ryan (laughs) looks these days. Yeah, well, so it's pretty been pretty well covered in the press, but um, he he apparently he was dominant in the ruck in the in the VFL game he played, and then in the fourth quarter he came out and took four contestant marks. Yeah, um, and you know not always yeah. against stars, but that, not against buds either. No, well, I know I I had to check uh, the the app because he made Harrison Petty look small, and he's 197 centimeters tall. I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a massive guy, but yeah, that that um, a couple of those marks, especially when Hat Petty basically gave away the free and threw himself backwards into him. Yeah, he still marked it. I thought, oh, oh, because yeah, he can high point it as well, which that wasn't that mark, but in some of the other marks, that was just a two hundred and seven centimeter guy um, being able to read the flight of the ball and high point it. I just oh, that that got my attention, and then that I know. that Petty marker went. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, Nick, you're the doctor of VFL goal kicking. What's your impression? Of he's Samson? complete. He's completely average as a as a shot for goal. Uh, literally average, not literally average. Yeah, no, no. The um, uh, the average AFL player uh, 
kicks uh, kicks goals 60% of the time of the time, and he kicks goals 60% of the time. Yeah, so I threw out a shocker on against Melbourne. Um, there is... wasn't, great, wasn't great against North either. But, no, but although the... that, that was really... That, I don't know. I, you, you could be forgiven um, yeah, some poor goal kicking in that one. But yeah, look, um, I, I, I'm certainly... Um, uh, you know, I, I have a first and only love but um there is uh samson ryan definitely has my attention and he, he's clearly the, the upwards trajectory is there right oh yeah look the if you could say what what we um what we learned from the way the the coaches played players across the two games i mean it can be a bit a bit misleading because i was a bit i raised an eyebrow at um, Cumberland only coming on in the fourth quarter of the North game and then he was just completely back to normal against Melbourne I was like oh well they were just they were just giving Mansell a look or uh, some other guys so you know nothing to see there but the fact that um, uh, Tyler Young's played so much in both games and uh, more so than Biggie Nguyen. Um, so yeah, it's quite revealing. And we've basically Ben Miller is is, is no longer a backman. No, Ben Miller's uh, no longer a backman. Um, the it it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, we clearly played the two the two big ruckmen uh, against Melbourne, and then against North, who've got. We've got smaller rucks. Um, uh, we played uh, Miller uh, as the backup, so I do. I wonder. I wonder if we'll go horses for courses, depending on you know. Uh, uh, does the other team play to uh, genuine rucks or not? I actually think, uh, and we won't do this because he's captain. But against Melbourne, Soldo should start start in the ruck, and Nank should come off the bench. Just the Nank did was worn down by battling those two big bodies, and they they got some really good clearances uh, off him. But they got some against Soldo, too, fairness. But Soldo's just physically a better match for Gorn. And you you could see towards the end of the game when it was hot and Gorn got tired from leather poisoning. But um, there, there were times when like Soldo was actually dominating. Um, mm. Uh, gone. Um, I, not all game, I, I would add. But um, no. by the way, if you look, watch Soldo's. Sorry, I over analyzing Soldo, but but his body language in the fourth quarter, um, he was jumping up and down on the spot, super anxiously before the the tap. He was still really fired up. He thinks he's playing for his spot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I I don't know. We learnt that much about the ruck pecking order, but Samson Ryan is clearly the second best uh, um, pull forward uh, behind Lynch. Um, assuming, assuming Jack's the, the second key forward. Yeah. Uh, well, um, how would, wouldn't we say that Samson Ryan's the third best key forward in the club? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I think that, well, I think it's um, Jacob Bauer's been been injured. Um, the whole the latter part of uh, preseason, uh, Kalen Bradkey's um, raw, although not not completely useless. 
<laughs> yeah. So it, um, maybe it wasn't the boldest call, but I, I think it, it he's third in his daylight. Um, yeah. Um, behind him. So really good credit to him. And that there's a case, I hate to say it, but at some stages potentially to rest Jack and to um, to maybe get some matchups to play mm. Ryan. Maybe this might be getting a bit of ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, um, the, the, it's, a, are, it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thought. Mm. But yeah, w- wonderful improvement. So who else is sort of, oh, well, actually at this point, since we're on the forwards, he didn't get much of the ball, but if you look at the pressure act stacks, Morris Rioli was playing a lone hand, delivering the forward mm. pressure, and by golly, did he deliver a lot. Like, I, I love Morris Rioli so much. Yeah. He did. He, like everyone else, often often felt like he wasn't in the best starting position, but yeah, he. I, I think he looks super fit. Like, just has... Yeah. Well, um, you don't get that many pressure acts, because it's that you get those by hard running to contest. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, and, he's shed the puppy fat. Yeah, and he's none of his tricks really came off. Um, no, this week, but um, that doesn't mean they won't come off next week. No, no, no. He uh, he was good. Um, I thought Tom Brown uh, had a really good game against North. It's super frustrating. He's another one who's who's got an injury and is is out for a while. But yeah, I thought. Um, he's he's maybe a, maybe I watch bits and pieces of VFL games rather than a whole whole fourth quarter. But yeah, um, and he he fit in. Yeah. Um. Who else? Uh, I was. Who else stood out to? You? Oh, Dylan Grimes. Maybe on the just because we talked about him in the the last mm. podcast. Look, don't get carried away. It's preseason. There were one or two things where I thought, like the marking, still there, the tall stuff. Mm. But let, let's just say the question: Can he still mark smalls? Is it's pretty yeah. Oh uh, well, in in terms, um, given we've got Taranto, no, t- sorry, Tarrant and Gibkiss injured. Um, yeah, maybe, I, th- I think maybe, Grim- maybe, sorry. Grimes Grimes playing up. Uh, has to be part of the solution, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it'll be he, he mm. got named captain again, so clearly the club's got faith in his body. Mm. Yep. Um, you mentioned uh, Seth Campbell before, but he was he was one for me that um, uh, you know, I was curious to see what he looked like, but uh he he had really nice skills. Yeah, he he really showed it. Look, I'm very much of the philosophy now that we should just draft a small forward in the every rookie <laughs> draft. Um, he looked good. Um, he, he he had composure, no, nice disposal. He found space. Um, and full credit to the, the SEN guy who was doing the, the mm. fourth game. He called him correctly the first time he got it. Yeah. No, <laughs> they, they, those guys are right on it. Uh, yeah, I, so, I, was, I was impressed. Um, yeah, because he tested out as having really good endurance and he did cover the ground. But yeah, good skills as well. That was, yeah. It was nice. Um, Jack Ross, another one who's un- unfortunately injured. Um, well, I didn't. Some of his disposal was a bit funky with the wind, but uh, I thought I thought he looked like someone who'd had a, a big preseason. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate. His medial was unfortunate. Um, mm. Through they're saying he's sort of fifty fifty. I, I like sort of not. Important to remember, I think he was our leading disposal winner against uh, Brisbane in the final. So, mm. um, 
like I think he does provide a bit of outside run that perhaps perhaps we missed, and a good compliment to our, our new midfield. But yeah, hopefully he'll be back at least for round two. Mm. I got to say one of the, um, you know, I do I do think North are, are finally um, showing some signs of um, turning their re- rebuild around, but the Aiden Core and uh, his uh, five-year, $2.8 million contract uh, matching up on Kalen Bradkey was... Uh, that was a pretty depressing sliding doors moment, I thought. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Um, we should mention Tom Lynch because we, you know, I talked about how it's the biggest story of the preseason. I thought he was okay against yep. Melbourne. Um, I, thought he wor- I thought he worked into the game and I came away less worried about him than when I started. So, yeah. Yeah, and Minnie McAlter said he took in a match simulation earlier that week. He took four contested marks in practice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And presumably that was against Noah Bolter. Um, might have been. Uh, hopefully it wasn't against Young because, um, uh, yeah. How, yeah. How, how, how are you feeling about Young? Uh, I don't want... Uh, I, I presume you saw the media today that he might be starting. Yeah, I saw that. It made me feel slightly crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he he wasn't terrible. It's but. a it's a testament to how big AFL players are. But he is a large human being, and you you stand next to him. He's 196 centimeters with big shoulders. Like he's a solid lump of human being, and he looked small, um, matched up on uh, Gorn and uh, uh, Grundy. Grundy, yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, well, it's all right. Carlton don't have a very big forward line. Well, they they have one very big forward. Um, and then, uh, Kuno's smaller than you think, at least certainly, at least height wise. They were talking about him being the sort of the resting ruck um, matchup, but maybe that's just media um, hmm. speculation. Uh, they yeah. do they do play two rucks. Well, yeah. if if they've if they've got them fit. Yeah, mm. well, they play the, the sort of the speculation to be on deconing, but you know we'll see. But yeah, that's that's slightly worrisome. But um, open mind because they've seen a lot more reps of his in uh, training than just the two practice games, and uh, you know a, a lot was going wrong in that Melbourne game. Yeah, Kuno's Kuno's one ninety two and ninety four uh, kilos, um, and Grimes is. Almost exactly the same height and weight. Look, it, it's easy to take pot shots of it because it's really hard exercise to do. But I think Robert just made Kerno the best player in the AFL on his top fifty list. Really? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I, to be honest, I I just scanned it for um for um to be outraged about Richmond players, but I'll spare you. In fact, probably well, our players are getting slightly overrated. But um, he played due credit to Lynch, which I was pleased with. Hmm. Huh. He had Dusty very high too in the top two. I wish I had a job where I could just come in and say stuff at random. <laughs> yeah, but look, in top fifty lists are hard, like, and it's yeah. just there for content. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's content generation. Anyway, because I really like Sarah Black's one in the AFL in the AFLW. It really helps me mm. um, uh, conceptualize the, yes. the leaks. So, and it did it did make me feel better. Um, so the um the 
AFL, uh, for a side note on the AFLW preseason, that's, so they've had a, uh, a supplementary signing period where the four expansion clubs from last year could sign players from other clubs, which thankfully, again, we've um, managed to avoid the avoid the worst of, well, we didn't have anyone picked, although we are, um, Maddie Brand-Catziano is likely going to Gold Coast, and uh, maybe, yeah, there's whispers about other um, sort of mid-slash-fringe uh, players as well, so, but, but again, the, the key point of us um, not not having any, losing any star players. Um, and we're apparently chasing uh, Caitlin uh, Grazier, the St Kilda full forward, as a replacement for Courtney Wakefield. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, look, I she really dropped off last year, but I used to really rate her. So. She Yeah, she didn't have a great year last year. But she is a specialist full forward, and we really need a specialist full forward. So, the, yeah, av- availability is one of her uh, most attractive qualities. Yes, yeah. and so much in free agency. Now, um, any other sort of um, lessons learned or any takes you had prior to the preseason? I must admit, I'm just 2% less, slightly less optimistic, um, but that's... Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, on on an individual level, um, you know, yeah, some positives. Um, you know, Liam Baker um, and Vlossy look absolutely in in yeah, preseason form. Uh, um, not for the first time, I think, on this podcast. It'd be good to have two of them because yeah, Baker um, would be perfect in that forward line. Uh, Steely Green had some moments. Um, the, the, could he, um, it's an almost impossible standard to, he does look like Baker. Um, could he be Baker one day? Eh, it's not completely impossible. And well, he was a higher pick. They're both from Western Australia. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought Steely Green didn't, didn't disgrace himself. Didn't, didn't do a great deal, but, uh, Thompson Dow, I mean, oh, he yes. was yes. in in a make or break situation, and he was. I feel like we've said this before, but yeah, he d- he didn't disgrace himself. I I was going to come in much through most of that game. I was getting really high on him. Um, mm. Did some really good things. He had one poor moment um, late in the game, which I won't go into, but he's sort of, he's still a bit off and on. And I, I mentioned before about, he, he seemed to a bit lost sometimes in defensive transition. Maybe that's unfair. You don't know exactly what, what they're meant to do, but he, he, yeah, he was doing some run, makeup running, but I remain, a, I, 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 I've kept my stock, Thompson mm-hmm. Dow stock. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to see him say more. Like he, he looked dynamic and quick and could get around the corner on at times, and uh, that is a valuable skill and uh, and wins AFL games. He set up some of our scores in the first half. He was one of the key reasons that we sort of semi stayed in touch. So yeah, um, I, I, I was like, mm. I won't say I was impressed because I liked him already, but um, yeah, I, I I would like to see. I would be pleased if he got picked on round one. 
it was really disappointing Prestia getting injured. Now, thank God it wasn't a soft tissue injury. Um, uh, uh, injured, hurt his pec. Um, but having having Prestia go down in the in the fourth, fourth, first quarter of a game was yeah, we've we've unfortunately seen that story for too often. Yeah, he looks really fit. Like yeah, um, he's yeah, he looks he looked good against North Melbourne. Maybe he's pec strained a bit because he he looks bigger in the upper body. Um, mm. But that's a funny injury, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I can't like the pec injuries that I know of are the, like the really bad ones that NFL players go when they get when they rupture them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of I can't remember the last time a, a, a sort of someone gets a one or two week hit, uh, pec injury. But the club reckons he might be back for round one. Well, but, and he he wanted to. It seemed like he wanted to come back on the the ground. Was, yeah, was look, interesting part. Look, I think it might be prudent for the club to play someone. Potentially, Thompson down might be quite a good sub. Yep. Yep. No, I'm uh, on board with that one. Um, the, yeah, we, we mentioned uh, the forwards, but, uh, yeah, was there in was there anyone else? Well, not really, because we already mentioned Young. He was sort of the story. Baltus didn't have a great game against Melbourne. Mm. But, you know, it's forgivable. He's playing some pretty good players. Um, he's, he's looked good overall. Cracking goal he kicked. Um, mm. Always nice to see um, um, one of those uh, beautiful, beautiful long pings. Um, Broad, at least, was back and playing because he's had a few injuries. Sonsi, yeah. by the way, had a bit of an interrupted preseason. I think we've discussed that before. That's why he was playing VFL. Yeah. I, I think we, we can expect him not to be in yeah. the early teams. He'll, yeah, he'll need to work into it. Yeah, so I didn't. I mean, Baker was so obviously the star of the back line. Mm. He was sort of providing all our transition, and Shorty obviously. I, I don't know when he did his calf, but yeah, it didn't. It it really held him back. But yeah, it, look, the back line wasn't playing well. Um, but you know, it, it, it's sort of hard when the team's fast broken through the middle of the field. You know, that's a pretty hard time to defend. Um, so and. You know our guys aren't necessarily set up to do that, so no team is really. Um, so yeah, they, they they didn't look great against Melbourne, but I I, I also wouldn't read. You, you know, it's a cop out, but um, I I am I am I am I do have attraction to your theory of last year that um, part of the backline's troubles was related to the midfield's lack of pressure. Yeah, we didn't. Our intercept game wasn't on, which is. No. Yeah, that was that was a real concern for me. I am trying to tell myself that some of those Melbourne fast break moments where they just tapped it over the top, which again, frustratingly, is very much like my favourite all time <laughs> Richmond team, the seventeen team, um, is uh, yeah, the, there was a bit of luck in that. Now, Nick, I think this is points that we've talked about forward pressure and. I think this is time. Like, I can't believe it, but it's already taken preseason for me to miss George. Um, but do you want to talk about? Really? Him? Oh, look, you know, I, I, it would have been good to have him there as an option. Um, you know, he may after that practice game, he may have played round one. But um, I, I think uh, it, look, just allow me to be to romanticise him in past now that he's gone. Um, uh, like, it's funny. 
I didn't want him to be in the round one team, but I was really sad he retired. It's, it's. I know it. It, it was a real. I'm just. Um, half half the 2017's gone. Team's gone now. Like that. That was a real kick in the guts for me. Yeah, and um, look, he was always. You know, I mean, the quintessential George game of is, of course, the 2019 grand final, but. Um, <laughs> But he just there was a there was there was a joy to watching his randomness, um, and you know once he made the peace with the fact that um, his goal kicking could be just, just how random random it could be, <laughs> yeah, hilariously random. Um, but yeah, there was uh, there was definitely um, he he wa- he has struggled the last three years. He hasn't recaptured his form of the he had a no. three. He had a three-year run of uh, twenty, sort of almost thirty goals. He, he, he kicked twenty-six, twenty-six, twenty-seven in between in between seventeen and nineteen. So, and then he didn't. He never got cracked twenty again. And last year was his worst year, obviously, accumulating him being dropped. But um, and his tackles went down as well over that period. Now, as Dimmer said, like he wasn't necessarily, you know, you can't measure his impact by pure stats. He did a lot of unrewarded running, did a lot of coverage. He, he made. He was one of the kit key glue guys that made the game plan um, uh, click. But yeah, it's it like uh, it's sort of, uh, it's uh, yeah, I feel a bit sad and we don't get to see another arc, like that's it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a, it was a, definitely a sad moment. Yeah, the, amidst the hilarity of just how comical um, his goal kicking was in the in the 2019 grand final. Um, the flip side to that is, you can if he kicks all five goals, does he win then, Norm Smith? Because it's a pretty fantastic game. Yeah, and of course he kicked plenty of clutch goals in some other games. Um, and there was a moment um, in the uh, 20 grand final too, where the sort of the live betting would have had him in the top three to be Norm Smith. Uh, I think about halfway through the third quarter, um, but he just he missed a few chances and he dropped out. He fell out of the game. But he had so many great moments and some of his best goals, like that one against Fremantle. Um, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, like yeah, he just. It was it, yeah. It was a video game where you you hit the turbo boost button. Yeah, like the opposition always had to respect him. That that's the important thing, you know. When when those sort of pressure cover, uh, space covering forwards is that they need to believe that you might kick a good goal against him, and he had that credible threat. Mm. I'm going to read out a list of players who played more games, senior games, than he did over 2017 to 2020. So over the the three premierships. Wow. Yep. Dimmer, <laughs> did, did, bit of Dimmer did love him, but yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's 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 tied um, with uh, Dylan Grimes actually. Who that was that was a, a slight slight surprise. Um, and one ahead of Dusty, but yeah, nobody nobody played more um, games than he did. Which wow, wow! In twenty seventeen, did we spend a lot of time wondering if he was going to be dropped? <laughs> and he was just yeah. It it's worth. I feel I feel like we've we've talked about George um, 
you know, what what more can we say? But it, it was it was quite a journey. It was he uh, as a junior he swapped he swapped between uh, forward and back and got got drafted um, as a as a halfback out of the Northern Knights. Um, then it had a really good first season um, in the VFL as a halfback. Then gets moved to half forward as part of the um, pace and space revolution in in twenty seventeen, and was was instantly really good. Um, maybe tailed off a bit, but yeah, they, he he transformed himself and and just he became a became a symbol of how well. Richmond were using players to their best advantage, and how much uh, it worked as a as a team. So, yeah, look, look. Actually, I was going to say something very similar. That, um, of course, Dusty is the face of the team, but he is the epitome of the team. Of mm. the, the, the sort of he's a, the epitome of our competitive advantage. Is that um, he? We were able to use late picks to fill in the pockets and flanks, and use use their skills perfectly to make them uh, plus players and make the system work. And yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I don't. Well, as you pointed out, no no one played more games than George, but you know we can go through Jaden, obviously, and Baker, and uh, but he was there for all of them. And uh, yeah, he he's to me he's the epitome of uh, I hate the phrase, but you know what the media would call. What was Richmond's true money ball advantage over that period? Yeah. Look, it was um, uh, one of those things where, um, yeah, were you were you that surprised that he he stepped away? Like, um, I think I think given how much desperate passion it took for him to play that position in that way that maybe I wasn't surprised when when he just couldn't push himself to the limit like that anymore? I, I, look, to be honest, I was surprised because it's so rare that players give it retire at that age when mm. they're still under contract. Um, so, like, maybe at the end of this year if you hadn't played many games and there weren't... No, and he was sort of on the trade block, and no one was interested. Well, yes. he was, yeah, he was out of contract yeah, at the end yeah. of this year. Yeah, yeah. So if there hadn't been much interest, yes, but yeah, no, I was genuinely surprised. And you know, this is actually part of the consequence of uh, premierships that we're dealing with now is that we've had numerous premature retirements on our team because they feel like they've reached the mountain. Yeah, yeah, and it's not much fun. No, it's not. Um, we, yeah, we've, we've been really lucky. Um, and now perhaps uh, we're short of a small forward. Yeah, I, I was relieved that Seth Campbell looked competent. Um, I mean, there's a question about him being able to stick a tackle at senior level, but he he looked he looked competent, and I did think, oh, yeah, that's depth we weren't planning to need, but maybe we need. And and honestly, Judson Clark, um, yep. looking good, um, helps helps answer that question uh, as well. But yeah, because I don't I don't think we we'd envisaged him as as best twenty two, but he was certainly 
you know, in the ne- in the next three or four. Yeah, I mean, we would have put his over under at games this year at probably at twelve, I think. Mm. And by the way, Justin Judson, he did one thing. I was impre- like, we know he runs the what uh, mm. the lines well. We know he's a beautiful peg, but he had a beautiful sort of contested gather and hand pass, which. Um, we're going to need to stop doing this, but it, it was Shedder esque. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and I just, you know, he didn't do three of them like Shedder would have been in his prime uh, during a game. But I, that that it was just something I hadn't noticed as much in his game before. So look, no. I'm, I, I'm I'm buying all the Judson. It's, it's I know the 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 pass to to Dusty uh, where he dribbled home the goal. That was that was a very nice piece of work. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, he's a very exciting player. Yeah, I, I, one thing that I don't know, worry is the right word, but um, yeah, that that George George didn't seem to have any immediate plans, and maybe maybe he was just feeling burnt out and not not in the space where he wanted to talk about it. But I do, yeah, I do. I do really hope he he finds what's next for him as a as a passion. Well, you never know. A year off, he might refresh him. That was one, <laughs> that was one thing I made myself to feel better. Um, mm-hmm. But he will forever be a legend, and yeah. he's a life member three times over. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's weird. It's weird to be thinking about him as a homecoming hero when, you know, he was a seniorless player a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, I don't... I, I think all of the... all of the George... George frustration... I don't, I don't think that's that's going to be what, what stays with you. I think it's... it's it's going to be the... the excitement, the un, the unpredictability, the the passion, how much he... how much he loved playing with his teammates. I think... um. Him, him taking uh, a big uh, mark to cap off uh, Pickett's uh, blind blind turn through the the centre of the ground. Like he he was there for some pretty magical days. Uh, he was indeed. All right. Now, is it? We'll do a Carlton preview show next week, mm. I presume. Um, yeah. Is, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we go? MCG Turf's going to be replaced, but apparently it was uh, planned all along, so hopefully it won't come up and do, someone will do their knee on it. But um, if it does, someone does do their knee in round one, God, we're going to hear about it a lot. Um, so let's hope no one does. Um, as always. Um, we, got, we, got, we got Motorola as a sponsor. <laughs> Back to the Future, I know. That was, that was fun. Because my, my favourite footy jumper is a Richo Era Motorola jumper. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, which, uh, I think you gave to me, but um, either way, it's uh, yeah, you did give it to me. Um, yeah, I, think I still did. wear it footy mm-hmm. training. Um, yeah, uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, the Jack Graham not appearing in either end of the practice games. I don't think is a is a no, particularly so. good sign for the start of his season. No, so the club said that he might have played, but they decided that the training was better for him. And mm. I did, I did think um, just to go like. Having you know neither of us is super high on Jack and George as best twenty-two players this year, but you do lose a lot of pressure when they're not there. No, that's true. No, and it's sort of you know the, the there's a additive and a substantive uh, subtractive 
thing from every all of these moves and um you, you know if, if things don't work we'll be we'll we'll be pining for the good old days of george and jack <laughs> complaining about george and jack i know um actually just talking through the players has actually made me feel a bit better about the season well, look, I, the thing is, I think there's a genuine unknown there. Like, yeah. we are irrationally confident because things have worked out for us so much over the last six years. Um, yeah. <laughs> never never mind the 35 <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, you know, Dim is a genius. All his moves always, always work, you know. Um, and so it's sort of like the, there's an irrational yeah. exuberance. But I must admit, there's... I, um, the over unders um, are, are regret and over exuberant investment of Richmond's <laughs> over under win. But um, oh, well. look, you don't know to the play, and you don't know to round. I mean, remember what happened in round one last year? We we looked shot after the end of the game, and then you know we were extremely unlucky not to to win a final away. Like we were, we were a good team by the end of the year. I know, and a really fun team to watch. So yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, anyway, looking forward to next week. Um, yeah, but- it, it, I'm ready for footy to be back. I've, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed the the tour of India after a slightly lax, lackluster um, cricket summer. Um, uh, I'm completely obsessed with Josh Giddy, but yeah, I'm I'm also ready to have uh, football back. Yeah, and look, it was it was lovely that the sort of um, poor, deprived areas like Craigieburn could get a football game. Um, you know, obviously there was because there's no public transport in that part of the world that there was there were parking issues. But you know, it's it's football shouldn't just be for people who live in uh, inside the tram zone. So. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Andy. We're Richmond Tiger Talk. It starts with a vision. If we're not locked into that, might as well pack up and go home.